a rockered boat won't plane. You, you'd have to have um, a transition into a planing surface in the back. And because like my trout boat is, is as close to getting the plane as you're going to get because it's wide back end. But because it, it's rockered up, that boat, I mean, it will, it will try, you know what I mean? But, um, it, but it, because of that rocker bottom, it just, it just doesn't. That was Joe Koffler telling us why the rocker is so key in whitewater. Another great Drift Boat Series episode from one of my favorite companies today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Are you getting excited for traveling again to uh, find that spot that you haven't been to after we get through this COVID thing? I'm setting up some great fly fishing uh, trips and destinations around uh, around the country. You can head over to wetflyswing.com travel to find out what we have going at the Wet Fly Swing Travel site. Joe Koffler is here to share the story of how his dad created the Drift Boat Company, Koffler Boats, after transitioning over from one of the leading aluminum gutter businesses in the valley. We find out how to protect the bottom of your drift boat, which are the best-selling boats right now, and why a drift boat won't help you get up on step. We, we talk a little bit about the design. We don't get too nerdy about it today, but we do we do dig into a little bit of the, the design on drift boats. So, uh, so without further ado... Here is Joe Koffler from KofflerBoats.com. How's it going, Joe? Hey, great. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is uh, we've been talking about this one for a while. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've got a good connection. Um, I've got one of your boats. I've had your boats for a long time. So we're going to talk uh, drift boats today. But maybe you could just start us off. Take us back to how you first got into uh, building boats and tell that that story. Sure. Um... Yeah, my dad was uh, <clears throat> actually worked for his dad um, doing gutters. They had one of the first continuous gutter businesses in Lane County. And uh, um, frankly, he was tired of fishing off the bank. So he made uh, went back to his woodshop teacher um, in just out of high school, uh, Jim Brown from Elmira High School. Anyway, they made a wood boat. And he fished that for a little bit and ended up selling it to pay for my hospital bill when I was born. So um, that was that and uh, ended up going back to his metal shop teacher since he had the gutter business as a um, he was able to buy aluminum from Pacific Metal. So he went to buy aluminum. So his second boat was an aluminum boat and used the same patterns and ended up using that for, that was about 1974 and used it a couple times, you know, and just uh, actually ended up hitting a rock and it was super loud. And he was like, wow, this is, um, so we ended up selling it and building another uh, wood boat and, the gentleman that bought his aluminum boat had two buddies that wanted one like it because they were just absolutely done working on their wood boats. <laughs> and um, so he ended up um, selling his, his wood boat, buying two 
enough metal to buy to build two aluminum boats and it just kind of snowballed from there i mean word of mouth got out and it was just guys that were wanting to get out on the water that just you know the wood boats just so much maintenance that it was just yeah yeah it was you solved that problem And, and to this day even my boat you know i mean a lot of the time it sits outside, you know what I mean? And it's like, there's no worries. It's it just, it's sitting outside and maybe the floorboards, if you don't go with diamond plate, maybe the floorboards eventually crack on you. But other than that, I mean, there's no problem, right? You can just, is there any issues just leaving your boat all, all year long outside? Well, that, that's the beautiful thing with the aluminum boat is we can tip them up, pull the drain plugs out of it. And you know, it's the water runs, washes it out and it's ready to go next time we, Yep. We go grab it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And the story there going back to the gutter, but I mean, that's amazing. And the hospital bill paying for it's, it's a little similar to some of my story too, because I sold, I remember I had a raft. I, I had a boat, I have a driftboat and a raft, but at the time I sold, I sold a raft to pay for my first daughter as well. So it's, it's kind of interesting how that works. Um, and Bruce, your dad, right? Is uh, Bruce Coffer was the original founder of the company. He was the, he worked in the gutter business, you know, doing the, um, doing the gutters during the day and boats at night until about 1977 when he decided to do it full time. So, yep, he yeah, was 77. Okay. That's right. And, and again, there's so many overlaps. Maybe we'll get into some of this on the overlaps, uh, because my dad had a shop, a real small shop back in the day. And I think for a little time, uh, sold some of the boats there. And that's where I remember, I remember seeing those boats. They were, in there and they were like all blinged out with you know the, the coffler you know and it was it was pretty awesome i always thought that was a really cool thing um but uh, i wanted to dig into you know the aluminum boats because i've actually recently interviewed um a guy who f- produced a film on martin linton the guy who ran the wooden boats down the grand canyon back you know um, in the day and i know a little bit of that story how the dr- the wood boats and and the transition to aluminum when you guys did it um, were, were there, how many other companies were out there doing aluminum boats when they start, when your dad started? Uh, just, yeah, just a couple. Um, like Willie Wells. actually was, was working with Aluminum Weld. Um, they were the kind of the original Paige Stevens. So, um, they were the originals. And <clears throat> when Willie decided to, um, uh, go out on his own, he had a non-compete clause. So he had to wait you know, a couple of years before he could get back. And then he started Willie boats on his own. So that was those three page Willie and my dad were, that's it. Um, well, um, Woolridge, actually. Oh, Woolridge, yeah. Um, Woolridge. Yeah. They were, they were out there prior. So that's right. That's right. And, uh, and now, um, you know, I mean, aluminum is still, I think, especially in our area is, is, it seems to me like kind of, still leading uh you also have now fiberglass right you have claca and like a bunch of these companies out in montana that are doing stuff and and uh to a lesser extent across the to the east coast um but when you look at you know you guys with well we we can dig into some of the you know aluminum fiberglass because i think they all have their their own unique um you know benefits but i want to take it back to the history too to tie in that so your dad when he first built that wooden boat who was the where did that design come from who was the person that um you know, that first started? Well, it, um, Jim Brown was the woodshop teacher out at Elmira high school. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was an old Woody Hyman boat. Um, okay. 
but uh, that's that was kind of how their plans came off. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to track down. I've got Roger Fletcher who wrote a book on like building drift boats and dories. We're going to talk about some of the history, so I'm sure he'll be able to tie tie into it. But basically, yeah, I mean, it was you guys. You had just a few companies back in you know seventy three, seventy four in that area, uh, that era, and then. Um, I mean, how's it been over the years? I mean, just looking now because you took over. I'm not sure if your dad still it comes in the shop or whatever. But um, I mean, how has it been? Has it been, you know, there must be some challenges like any business over the years. But um, has it been a pretty awesome making drift boats for your life? Well, it's it's been a great way to to grow up for sure. You know, uh, we, um, I, I don't know. I love the business. You know, it's uh, I meet great people and uh you know getting to talk fishing and boats all day is is a, yeah is a pretty great way to have a business for sure yeah no it is i love i love coming down when, it's been a while since i've been down to your shop but it's awesome you know you head down towards eugene and, and take a you know take a turret out there and, and it's just kind of a cool right you got your whole shop is right there at just outside of eugene what's the town it's in we are, um, we're, we're in Eugene. Oh, you are. At, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're in Eugene. So, well, um, so as far as the boat, you know, like Coffler, you guys have a bunch of different models. I mean, I, th- I always think of the drift boat because I have, uh, the 17 foot drift boat, uh, 17 by 54, which is a really great boat. And I wanted to talk about that because I had a few questions for you. It's awesome. You know, it does well with a lot of weight, but what was the first boat, you know, and maybe talk about the first boat your dad produced the size and all that stuff back in the day, the aluminum, and then, and then what you guys have now for models and different boats. Well, they were all, our boats all started 16 by 48, you know, um, sheet sizes, um, kind of, Oh, right. You know that's the beautiful thing um, with aluminum is we can we can go bigger and and all have one piece bottoms and stuff where in the wood it was you know it was a pain to splice so <clears throat> a 48 inch bottom is kind of where it started and that's um, that was yeah well yeah it was probably in the 80s when we started doing 54 inch bottoms oh, okay so and that was just mainly to just to get more room was that was that the basic reason was it just having more yeah stability yeah. stability being able to carry more people more weight um and flow shallower you know i mean that's but uh yeah a lot of they're all everything's getting bigger now i mean 54 inch 60 inches in the 17 and 18 footer so yeah. just more people trying to get uh more people in the boat fishing yeah yeah exactly and I was again back on the Grand Canyon stuff. I've, you know, Martin Martin's boat is the name of this twenty minute documentary that's really cool on that whole history. But um, you know, essentially he went back and I think this was in the sixties, fifties, sixties. He connected to some of the Oregon wood boat makers, and they said, "Hey, can you make me a boat for the Grand Canyon?" Have Have you seen those boats they run those those drift boats in the Grand Canyon? All they're all decked over and yeah. stuff. We've made a couple. Um, actually I've made a couple of 16 footers for, for different people. And uh, I've got a, a couple of 20 footers, um, that are over in Hell's Canyon right now. Oh wow! Um, they're, they're all decked over. So just nice. for that same reason. 
Oh, cool. So you have made, yeah, you have. So that boat, and that's what blew me away watching that documentary because I've never dumped a drift boat, you know, that knock on wood sort of thing. But um, <laughs> um, I've been close. I've been close. And I can't, I can't say that I've been close in your boat because that 17 foot has been amazing. In fact, my story, uh, well, here's my story that I've told this a couple of times, but I had an old fish, right? That was like my first boat, the really boat I used a lot. And it was old. It was, I can't remember what year it was. But I was going down the Deschutes and I swamped it and I, I almost sunk it. And it was just one of those things where the probably the design I probably had too much weight. The design was kind of off. And my dad was in the boat and he was old. You know, this was like and it was just it was like a wake up. And that we I think when I got off, I called you up and I said or however it worked. I can't remember. But I but I got a boat, you know, I, I got a drift boat, a, a coffler. And uh, and that 17 footer has been amazing because it does well with weight. Um can you talk just briefly on that? Talk about that 17 by 54, why you guys made an extra foot long and how that, is that the idea, is the weight? Well, we sold a lot of boats to the guides and back in, that's what they were all, you know, like when you're on the disputes or on the Rogue and you're trying to do some overnight and you're trying to carry some weight, those 48 inch bottom boats were phenomenal for day trips with, you know, light loads. But when you start getting, um, when you start trying to carry gear, that's exactly what happens is when they start getting overloaded, you start not being able to make that cut. And my dad's always said, this is just those, when you're doing big white water, that's, there's those that have had trouble and those that will. And it's just, you know, a matter of too much weight, you know, wrong conditions used. And, uh, so that is, <clears throat> But that's how we got to be big, doing bigger boats is is uh, just for that carrying more weight. But that 17 is really it's a nimble boat, you know. For for being big, it kind of crosses over and and rows nicely when you do have a light load. But then it it does allow you to kind of load it down if you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's it's a, and I. Yeah, and like we were talking about the back to the Grand Canyon boats, I didn't realize you had made some of those boats. So that was one of the interesting things back to the flipping is that in some of that video, man, I mean, they show boats flipping. Of course, these are huge rapids. And the crazy thing about it is they you could they roll right over. They don't sink. Is that, I mean, your boats, have you heard how they do? Are, are they meant to just flip back over? Uh, not a traditional normal boat, but it's all the, it's all the compartments and stuff inside um yeah to create enough buoyancy to allow it to yeah yeah so if your boat you probably haven't i'm not sure if you heard any stories about your boats going upside down but the, the ones you made for the the hell's canyon and stuff like that I, i'd imagine that would be the the idea that you can kind of bang them down and i mean is, is that the idea that's that's the goal but yeah. uh um i don't know of any of my compartmented boats if they've been over you know what would happen Mm-hmm. yeah i know that's the interesting thing I, you always see the the aluminum i mean what when you see these boats go down because i've seen them i you know you've probably seen them too right you're floating over a rapid and there's a boat upside down in the river um just aluminum in general does it once it loses that structural integrity does it just tin can up is that what, what do you guys expect you know when you bang rocks i mean because they are pretty durable i've hit plenty of rocks in mine um how would you compare that to say a wood boat well, wood boat, um, <clears throat> you know, definitely quieter when you're hitting, but an aluminum boat is just so much tougher. I mean, yes, you can you can get a, a monster dent in the side when you do hit a big rock, um, 
but you know we're able to pound those out and and you know any broken welds we can weld back up and then and shape it back to back to normal where you know once you once you damage a wood boat it's 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 tougher to repair like that yeah yeah exactly yeah i was just thinking you mentioned this is again for a, a testament to you guys and you, probably your service is something you know that you probably uh, pride yourself on but i had i can't remember now i'm drawing my my history is a little blank but i did have an older coffler i had i did have a 16 by 48 and it was one this is one I got from a guy. I mean, this is, again, tells you, imagine where your boats are at. This was stuck on the coast of Oregon. I don't know how many years, but it was, there was blackberries growing through it. And the trailer, it was, it had been sitting out so long that when I pulled it out, the trailer literally, because it was a metal trailer, just rusted and fell apart. But the boat was, the boat was okay. <laughs> but the funny thing was, is the boat, the reason it sat there, because the boat, the guy was in one of those coastal rivers. He almost dumped it. And I think it, maybe he did dump it, but it tweaked the whole boat. And I'm not sure what the back of the boat's called, but the whole thing was bent. And I pulled it out, and I drove that thing over to you guys. I don't know if you remember this, but this is a while ago. And I said, Joe, could you fix this thing up and paint it up? And you, I mean, you fix that thing up, man. You, I think, and you put a coat, remember the orange and black, right? You put that coat on there. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That boat, man, you, you made <clears> the thing look brand new. And that boat was pretty much, whoever had that was like, this thing's garbage. I mean, so talk about that. I mean, yeah. how do you how do you take a boat like that and and kind of give it a new life? We do we do a ton of refurbish and so and repair. So as far as you know, paint work that's all that's all easy. I mean, twisting the, the you know if there's any structural damage, you know we have the ability to pound out dents and and you know twist hmm. the the structure back to where it needs to be. So, but yeah, that's, that's something that we do a ton of. I mean, there's, yeah. I see boats all the time that, you know, my dad built back in the seventies that are still on the water and nice. we just refurbished one here. Um, a couple weeks ago, the guy brought in and it, it, um, it was pretty early. I mean, it's probably a 75, 76 <laughs> and, uh, you would never, never believe it. And uh, when we got done, we pounded out a couple of dents and results on the inside, and it was remarkable. It looked wow. good. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, yeah, 75, I mean, that's the crazy thing. We're talking 50 years almost now. You guys have been almost in business, right? The 50 year. Um, so, gosh, on the old boat, when you think of that, the 14 by 60, I'm not sure. Do you still make the 16 by 48? Uh, we do actually make quite a few 16 by 48s. Yeah. There's, you know, over the years, guys keep thinking they want bigger, bigger, bigger. And, and so, you know, 54 is probably the most common by far, but you know, there's a lot more people that are starting to, you know, they're fishing with one other guy and they're, so they're, they're starting to revert back down into that 48 inch bottom boat because it's, it is like a sports car. And yeah. when you're, when you're not having to pull the oars on a big boat, um, it's or if you get into you know bigger water where you're like on the upper mckenzie where the water's really falling and you're and you're really having to pick your way a smaller boat is more nimble so mm, gotcha yeah it is and i can testament to that because I, that old boat you fixed for me was a 16 by 48 and it was awesome on the coast just like me and a couple of guys 
you know, for the day, like you said. So um, you mentioned the McKenzie. This is an interesting thing because I think drift boats uh, pretty much were created, I mean, in Oregon, right? That That's the history, the Rogue style, the McKenzie style. They had these two different boats. Can you, do you know, is your boat either a Rogue style or McKenzie? Do, do you know that history at all? Like the difference? I believe this one here is the McKenzie style, yes. Yeah, the McKenzie style. Okay, that's... I was trying to, and I don't actually, I should have it because I have, I don't, you know, you're my second guest that I've talked to. I've got 12 episodes coming up with uh, different people in the drift boat industry. So I'll have a good answer for some of that there. But I think the difference is, is that like, the Rogue style, I think was made maybe, I don't know if the rocker was a little different, but I, it, something was about, I don't know if it was for more of the white water, but the McKenzie had white water too. So I'm not, I'm not ter- too sure I'll have to, um, kind of add some of that but yeah so you think the mckenzie style is probably what you guys are you're still a lot of the a lot of the very very first ones had had a blunt nose oh they did you know i've seen i've seen some um pictures in in old 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 videos of the helfridge um i think it was prince that he's he was actually rowing a blunt nose um drift boat style boat down the mckenzie and it was black and white i can't even remember where i saw that clip but yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, was it a video? It, I believe it was, yes. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a picture I just connected to, to Ken, uh, I guess Kenny Helfridge. I guess he's the, they're still going strong out there with uh, some of their stuff. So, yeah, he's going to come on as well and talk about that that history. Um, well, it might have been, it might have been on Kelsey's, um, some of Kelsey's, in, um, in either Instagram or something like that. Cause she's really good about posting stuff like that. And, um, it might've, that might've been where I saw it. Oh, okay. Is that Kelsey Helfrich? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, and the Helfrich they're obviously, yeah, they were there probably when your dad was starting. I'm sure he probably saw some of those, but again, I, I think that history is awesome going back to your dad and, and the, uh, the aluminum gutter business, because that's a, that's a pretty amazing story that, you know, I mean, have you seen over the years companies, um, other companies, I don't know how much you see in the industry, your little niche, but come and go. Like you see a, a new company pop out. I, I actually remember, you know, there's been a few even down in like Southern Oregon, right? Um, but you guys have stuck around, right? You got you, Willie's, you got, um, who's, who are the other? Lumen Weld's a good one, right? They're not around anymore, are they? Yeah, Lumen Weld's, they're not doing any drift boats. They're, they're you know, big into their power boats, but they're, they've really cut back on their drift boat stuff. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, there like you say, there's a lot of small companies, you know, that branch off of others that it's just yeah. it's a tough market to stay in. You know, there's um you got to do it for for the love of the the sport cuz um you know there's the the it's so competitive in the drift boat market as far as um you know, boat-wise, it's really tough to make a buck in it yeah so. yeah and you guys are and that's the cool thing about you guys you've expanded out right i mean you not only have the drift boats but you have some sleds and all sorts of, i remember a few years back you're talking about you're making some other stuff right uh like camping stuff what, what's your talk about your your models now other than the drift boats um what else do you guys make yeah we're we build everything from like a little eight foot pram eight ten and twelve foot pram um we've got our Rocky Mountain Trout boat, which is a larger pram, it's it's uh, 13, 14, and 16 footers. They're they're square ended, um, rockered like a drift boat, but uh, but wide at both ends, which gives you a ton of stability. 
um, you know, most smaller boats, when they put a point on the end of them, they, you lose so much stability in, oh. in the lack of the width of the boat at the ends. And these here, uh, are, have been doing extremely well because it allows somebody to have one boat, use it for still water, lake fishing, put a small motor on it. Um, and then also because it's rockered bottom, it actually rose very well in, in the rivers too. So that's been a really good model for us as of, you know, the last 10 years. And then of course we do a ton of power boats, um, yeah. normal jet sleds, um, some deeper V bottom boats for, you know, some more aggressive water. And then we do a lot more specialized stuff like landing crafts and sea dories, which are things that we've done here in the last 10 years. So, yeah. um, those are pretty cool. Gotcha. And the sea dories are those, you're talking the huge, like ocean going, uh, big boats. Yeah. Um, sea dories are more, um, specialized out of like say Pacific city oh, where oh, they you, actually launched off the beach, beach land them. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That was been traditional, um, has been a wood and a glass boat kind of thing. And aluminum boats, we had a really hard time breaking in, um, to that market. And we ended up, um, finding a, a coating that really allows our boat to slide up the beach nicely. And, uh, so I don't know, we've probably got 12 or 15 of them up there at Pacific city now, which, Hmm. um, Again, it's a pretty small market, but uh, um, they've been they've been holding up very well, and and it's it's been a fun market. It's it's a great group of guys up there, you know, pretty tight knit. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it's it's been fun to work with them. Yeah, that's and you're talking about like the coating. You have a special coat, like similar to what you might put on. Um, I don't know, with glove it or whatever you put on the bottom of a drift boat to protect it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, Wetlander is a um, is a new product on the market um, for the drift boats, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it's uh, it's so slick that uh, you know, I mean, you can't pull the boat up on the beach and and expect it to stay there. You know, I mean, you've got to either anchor the boat up or or because oh, wow. you know it just keeps wanting to it keeps wanting to slide right back into the water amazing so and is that i wanted to talk about that on the boat the bottom because you know treating it in the past that's been a struggle for me is like the glove it seemed to be this this huge process of of uh getting that protected but talk about that so if you had an old if you had a boat right now and you were thinking about um well first when do you need to redo the bottom how, how do you know you know when to put a new coat on there I'm, uh, <clears throat> in my mind, um, a bottom coating, there's no real time zone when, when it needs to be redone, but as the boat starts sticking on rocks, it needs to be done fairly quickly because, um, if you're stopping on stuff, that's when you're going to start denting the bottom of the boat. And so you may look under there and there may, may not be very much product on there, but if you're not stopping on rocks, I'm the kind that just says, just go run it until you are stopping. If you start, if you start uh, hanging up, we need to get it done fairly quickly. So you don't go dent in the bottom. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome tip. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think that you don't realize it. So yeah, if you use a lot, you're probably, yeah, you probably want to be doing that. Uh, definitely probably annually at least. Um, well, yeah. glove it, 
Glovit, you know, it. Uh, the problem with Glovit is as you start getting fractures or, or you know, um, flaking product, yep. it starts walking and starts, you know, taking off big chunks as you're, as you're hitting. Well, in order to redo it, you've got to sand all of that Glovit off, get it down to bare aluminum to start over. Otherwise, when you if you try to coat over the top of it, you know, the old stuff underneath is so flaky that it's taking your old, your new stuff with it. So, um, what's, what we've been doing is just strip it down to bare aluminum, switch over to this wetlander, which is now a product that will wear off over time. It's just not going to fail. Like, um, <clears throat> like love it does where it actually like starts flaking back. You'll start getting scratches down to bare aluminum, but it's not going to actually start flaking and peeling. And then as we start having to redo it down the road, we'll start building up our thickness, which will then increase your longevity. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bring that, bring the old boat into you and, and get that, uh, get that taken care of because I think, yeah, I think probably the boat is sticking a little bit and knife. Um, it's, there's a few dents. There's actually a couple of decent dents in it. I wonder that something, maybe I could just bring it down. You could take a look and see what you think as far as. If it's, yeah. If it's yeah. We'd love to. to. Pound it's worth it to pound things out so okay so wetlander that's a good one and that i'm imagine something that if, some, if somebody wanted to do it themselves they could buy that and just um like you said sand off whatever the old stuff and put a coat of the new stuff on it is it is a product you can do yourself um it rolls on um we spray it on just so that we can get extra thick millage but um it is it is a product you can roll on um, it makes a hell of a mess trying to get rid of the old glove. It so oh. um, you know, a lot of guys end up bringing it in because it's it's kind of a project. But um, it is it is a product or something that you could do yourself. Gotcha. Yes. What do you guys uh, just just for my own or I guess probably anybody listening? What what do you guys charge if you take that in and say you got an old boat? Like, does it depend on how bad your boat is? But just to get a new coat on there. Yeah, it depends on how much product's on there because you've got. To about two hundred and eighty dollars in material. Yep. And then uh, and then the prep time. So if you've got a ton of glove on there that we've got to that we've yeah. got to remove, it would cost more than uh, gotcha. you know, on a new boat we charge five seventy five. Okay. And so on a used boat that we've got to remove the glove, you know, you're more like yeah, you're more like six fifty to seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's 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 fair. I mean, that's definitely just time is money, right? I mean, that's the thing. If I'm if I'm going to be out there spending freaking, uh, you know, days and days getting the glove, which it is a pain in the ass. I mean, that, I've tried it. I've had that boat upside down, and that's part of the reason why I think people tend to not do it that often. They're just like, man, it's such a pain. Totally. In the butt. They just don't do it. So that now, but what happens when your boat gets all dented up, right? So you got this boat. Um, you know, maybe it's a sweet looking boat, but the, the bottom's dented. How do you, what do you do with that? What do you recommend if you see a boat that maybe has too much, uh, too many dents on the bottom? Is that something you guys can fix? Well, um, the dents in the bottom are, are some of those, you know, we may or may not take out the dents in the chine. Um, they look horrible, but there's the structure of the hull. Those come out pretty easily. What is the chine? The chine is the chine is what joins the bottom and the side. It's the oh, yeah piece of angle or substantial, you know, um, support on that where the side and the bottom meet. And <clears throat> a lot of times that'll dent in, you know, when you hit a rock hard. Yep. And and we can we can get that out of there, 
but uh, <clears throat> trying to get it out, a lot of times that weld will break. So we'll uh, we'll have to, you know, weld it back up and then um, water check it. But that's that's very common. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so this is awesome. Yeah, no, I think the glove. That was actually a question, Shannon. Uh, buddy of mine had um, I think again that's probably a struggle for a lot of people is how do you deal with the bottom of the boat but I think we answered that today so that's good um, you know I want to check you know we're gonna uh, slowly take it out of here in a little bit uh, Joe but I want to check you know you're going back to your dad because I you know obviously he started the company is he still around there and, and how has that transi- transition been like for you over the years kind of taking over the the lead with the company yeah he's um, he's in less and less, you know, he's, he still comes in and, um, it's kind of like the orange County chopper thing. He comes in <laughs> and makes sure everybody's working and, yeah. and, uh, stir shit up and then, <laughs> and then, uh, heads out of there. But no, he, he's, um, when you put your, your heart and soul into this thing for as long as he has, um, you know, it's, yeah, you, you've made so many great friends over the years. It's, it's something that, you know, yeah, I don't, it's tough to leave, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, so he's able to come in and, and kind of see that everything's going good. And so, yeah, he's, he's still coming in, but no, cool. it's, uh, it's less and less for sure. He's enjoying his time off and, and, uh, getting to do more fishing, which over the years is, you know, he's been putting in, you know, big, long hours trying yeah. to, um, do what he does. So, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I think it's, that's, that's awesome to hear that. And then, and then with you, I think you do have a couple of kids too. I mean, what do you think of that when you look at your kids? Uh, do, do you have, do you have a couple boys or what, what do you have going there? I've got, um, a daughter that is, uh, 28. I've got a son that is 23. Who's actually in the business. Oh, okay. Um, that that's Trenton. Um, Kylie's my, my oldest. And then, uh, Trenton is, is uh, 23. He's actually building boats for us now in, in uh, doing raw. And yeah. then I've got a 16 year old son, Trent or Caden, that is, uh, he works there in the summer times. And, uh, well, during, um, COVID he's yeah. been, he's, he's been putting <laughs> in some time at the shop as well. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. This, this COVID thing is crazy, but uh, okay. So yeah, so you got a couple in the, and when you look at that, so, so you got your older boy, he's in it, he's, I mean, it looks like maybe he down the line. I'm not sure, you know, how long you're going to be, you know, with that switch cubs, but th- th- does that feel pretty good for you knowing that you're, you know, you, you might have some more family taking over as you kind of head out? Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, um, it's nice to know that, you know, we still have somebody that is going to be carrying on the, the torch and, and uh, looking back, it's just, you know, like I said, we've had such great, great, people and uh, customers that we've dealt with over the years and i don't know it'll yeah. it'll be nice to have trenton there taking care of them yeah you know when i'm ready to go fishing more that is cool that is cool the uh you know for, for the boats we talked a little bit about the different boats you guys have going um you know and i guess you mentioned what what is your if you had to say your your best-selling boat what, what is that boat that you're, you know right now well our power boats obviously are, are our biggest numbers mm-hmm. of boats because I've got, um, you know, we build our power boats, you know, 16 to 24 feet are, are 20, 22 feet are probably our most common, um, is, uh, you know, 16 to 22 feet are our most common power boats. 
the but you know i also my trout boat is is doing pretty good you know you got lots of guys that are looking to consolidate from two boats to one and so that that's been a high mover but uh you know the the sheer numbers um you know 16 to 22 feet power boats those are those are the most common we're building right now okay perfect perfect yeah and that was it's interesting because with the power boats I, you know, I don't have a power boat, but I have an old motor on, on your, on the Koffler. And I th- guess drift boats in general, you know, they don't do that well, right. With a motor on the back, but I have heard there are some boats, maybe it was a, a wooden boat drift boat that you can get up on step. Um, have you ever heard that? And do you have any boats that will actually plane you get up on plane? Well, a, a rockered boat won't plane. Okay. It won't so, at all. There's no I way. Mean, yeah, no, I mean, if you'd have to have um, a transition into a planing surface in the back. And because like my trout boat is, is as close to getting the plane as you're going to get because it's wide back end, but because it's rockered up that boat, I mean, it will, it will try, (laughs) you know I mean? But, um, but because of that rocker bottom, it just, it just doesn't. Okay. Okay. What, what would be the boat? I mean, if you wanted a boat that would plane and that also would do okay in whitewater, is there anything like that? Do you guys have anything like that? Well, um, I, my jet drifter is, is a planing hull, but is small and light enough to row well. Oh, now when, but you know, because it will plane, when you get into your whitewater, you'll run the motor rather than row it because anytime you, oh. you take away the rocker, you take away its whitewater ability without power. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. The rocker. Why is the rocker, you know, and that, again, there's different boats. Like again, the grand Canyon, those boats, I think they made really fl- a long, there's a long flat part, but why is the rocker so important on a, uh, on a whitewater drift boat? Because as you're dropping down into the whitewater, the the round part of the boat that's upstream allows the bow to come up. Oh, right. And when you when you've got a long, flat, straight surface, the the down. back of the boat is still coming off the back of that wave, and it pushes the nose down into the front side of the wave. Ooh. Where if it's rockered front to back, it allows that boat to rock up and that bow to come up and and uh, keep the water from you know coming in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Gosh, that, yeah. Basically without the rocker, you basically go, you nosedive into waves and stuff like that. You're not. Yep. And that's yeah, exactly, yeah. that's exactly why your power boats have to be up and running. Cause you know, it will, that long flat planing surface just drives that nose right into the wave. Oh yeah. It's interesting. Cause when you see rapids occasionally, you know, like on the Deschutes, especially I've seen a lot of boats coming through, you know, Colorado and there's some other decent sized rapids and they'll, you know, they'll motor up fast, but then they have to cut it as they're, sometimes they'll even float through the rapids. I guess that's because they know, they know what's going on. But when they're coming up through a big rapid, they're on full, they're on full plane going through that pretty much. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Have you run, um, you know, what's your story? Are you more, um, I know you, you're, you've got sleds and boats. I mean, do you, have you been in any whitewater that you kind of, you know, has kind of puckered you up a little bit? <laughs> I've, I've, um, ridden up, uh, up the chutes and seen, you know, wash out and, and those and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an eye opener. What, what these guys are doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, you guys are uh, all over. And your boats, um, do you know where your boats are? I mean, I, I'm assuming there's probably around the country, but do you sell more boats in Oregon or how, how's all that look? Or do you guys, are you marketing, trying to cover all over the country? Yeah, we're, we're all over. Yeah. Um, of course, West Coast is, is our, you know, because it's, it's local um, where 90% of our boats go, but um, I just, sold a big landing craft 20 30 foot or 27 30 foot um to new hampshire hmm. and uh so yeah we're we're all over the place i i got another landing craft down in puerto rico so oh, wow. um yeah drift boats and stuff on the east coast so i mean it, yeah. it's um freight is a problem trying to get both oh, yeah. you know delivered but uh but as far as is being able to sell them that's you yeah. know that's... When uh, being in business since the '70s, guys start to hear, um, you know, some good good word of mouth, and mm-hmm. and it makes it easy to sell boats. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you guys have. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously your logos on the side of the boats. Are you guys still? I think you changed your logo a few years back, right, with the big K. Is that still? Um, we did. Yeah. That still. How, how's that logo? How are people liking that? Well. <clears throat> Um, people are loving it, but you still get the, you know, the old schools, um, guys yeah. that, are, that are looking for the old cursive. <laughs> do you do, if somebody comes <laughs> in, they're dad. like, they're, yeah, they're, if somebody comes in, because I have the old cursive, I, I can't remember what year the boat was made, but it does look, you know, classic, right? Do you, will you put that on or is it pretty much you, you have the big K that's what you guys do? Oh no, we, we offer, we offer the cursive and of course we got the real old school ones, the, yeah. The, uh, Around. the fish logo and yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We were, we were going into a, um, our first show, um, up in Puyallup, Washington and, um, and with our new logo. And of course my dad, he, he liked the script logo that he had, uh, been pushing for years. And <clears throat> so he's kind of sitting back and, um, all the boats have the new logos on them and he's, he's kind of resistant to the, yep. to the change. And we got into the show and like the first 12 or 15 people into the booth are like, Oh man, we love the new logo. And nice. so after being resistant, um, you know, <laughs> half the halfway through the day, you know, we hear him talking to customers in the back and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I um, I kind of told Joe we were looking for a new change and uh, maybe we should be changing this logo up a little bit, but yeah. which was, more for our benefit he was pulling our jerking our chain exactly yeah no it's awesome because it's you know you're you're running the show right i mean your dad uh i mean you make the decisions essentially and i mean again i think your son if he comes out to that point you're gonna get to a point where he might maybe when he takes over he might make (laughs) it you know i mean he's gonna make that decision like well i don't know if it's a good one but you got to trust him right it's trust Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would, it would be tough, you know, yeah. after putting this much effort into your business and then seeing something you're not quite sure of how it's going to go, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, gotta at, trust at, them. at the end of the day, I guess it is just a logo, right? You could always, and you probably will get a new logo, change it up down the line as well, right? You've had three now. This is your third one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Um, cool. Well, I think we're, we're about, we're about ready to wrap this up, uh, Joe. I just, um, you know, before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on, you know, just as far as what you have going in the next, you know, year or so. Do you guys, I mean, do you come out with new models? Or are you always trying to, 
design new thing. It sounds like that that Pram is a pretty cool boat, but um, how do you look at that when you look at the future? I mean, how do you stay ahead of the, you know, the curve or whatever? Well, we've been kind of hanging in with our with our standard models, tweaking those, you know, slowly over the years. Um, and I see a lot of the same, you know, um, what we've, what we've have are, are proven and, and work really well. So, you know, we do some slight changing on the inside, but, uh, as far as like full hole designs, um, as of right now, um, we don't have anything in the works. Everything's kind of just based off of what we're, yep. Everything's proven and we're kind of rolling with that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. No, I think I think what you have is great. And like I said, the seventeen, the my boat I love. It's uh, I can't imagine. Um, well, and here's a question. So, do you on that boat? So I'm loading it up. Say I've got you know a five day trip. It's just I've got all my you know piles of stuff. Is it good to have a little bit more weight up front, like up on the combing deck? Put a couple of waterproof bags. If you're going to be you know when you look at the bottom of the boat versus the you know the top of the boat uh, or the the front versus the back, should you have how much of that boat should be sticking out? Is it okay to have more sticking out in the in the back or front, or does that matter? You know what I'm saying? You'll want a slight downward angle of the nose um but you'll know this by rowing it a slight weight change forward or back will make the boat row better or worse Mm. and and so when i'm when i'm teaching a new oarsman um we're definitely showing them how to do that and one of these times on accident you know the boat will just be rowing awesome and well that's why is because the the weight transfer from front to back you've got it just dialed just right. And so, um, as far as how much weight, where, um, I just kind of get, you know, ideally aim for a slight nose down angle and then start tweaking weight in the boat after you're rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Just exactly. Yeah. Just, you could tweak a little bit, throw, uh, Oh, the seats adjust. Yeah. You can move the front seat up or back and same with the rower seat. Um, okay. So that's good. And then, um, so tips on rowing, do you guys, do you do uh, classes or what? If somebody buys a boat, you'll take them out on the river? Absolutely. If a guy buys a boat, um, we kind of take him, if he needs it, we would love to take him to the water, show him how to row. And um, it's one of those things that uh, we sure don't want somebody getting hurt. So if if they're not confident, then we'll make sure they have the tools to get out there and use it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Good. Well, um, I guess, yeah, we, there's a few things we didn't dig to, uh, dig into as far as some of the, the nerdy specs on a drift boat, but I think I'll leave that for maybe another one. And, um, you know, the, just the name, you like to shine, you know, some of that stuff and how the boat is built. I think I'll cover that maybe when I talk to, um, some of the other folks that are coming up, but, um, but yeah, Joe, I guess if they want to find you, it's, uh, just cofflerboats.com. If they want to see what you guys have going. Yes, that's it. All right. Awesome, Joe. Hey, thanks for taking the time today. This has been a lot of fun. I, I love, uh, again, I love going back to the story of hearing how your dad started with the the gutter business. And, uh, and uh, yeah, to this day, I mean, right, you guys still, you have that history. And, and uh, do you guys still, I guess, one one note, I remember you guys were, you, you, uh, you were talking about building some other camping gear. And I think you guys still do like screw traps and stuff. Do you, if somebody has a custom idea for something, will, will you look at that design and potentially build it for them? Absolutely. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, we, that's, yeah, for sure. 
That's awesome. So you guys can pretty much build. I mean, what's the craziest thing? What's the weirdest thing you've ever built out of aluminum? Well, um, we've, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, maybe that's, uh, Uh, well, um, I told my wife when, uh, (laughs) when she first started working for us, or we should change our name to Coffler Boats and Stupid Shit because uh, (laughs) we have all kinds of crazy things that come through. That's Um, awesome. We've worked on hot dog stands. Um, oh man. Yeah. Screw traps. We do a ton of screw traps. Um, that's been a great business for us since the eighties. Um, and, uh, yeah, just tons of custom welding. So, I mean, it's, I can't even, there's, there's been so many, that's awesome. (laughs) So many random things, but, uh, it all, you know, we welcome all of it. It uh, fills the gaps and yeah, it's fun, fun projects. That's cool. All right, Joe. Well, yeah, again, uh, cofflerboats.com. We'll put a link there, and uh, we'll keep in touch with you. And, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. Uh, looking forward to keeping in touch. And, all. yeah, on that bottom of the boat, maybe you'll be seeing me uh, on uh, getting that thing taken care of. Maybe I'll send you a photo of what my boat looks like, and then you can just tell. Could you tell, like, if I sent you a photo, would you be able to tell how bad, at the right angle, how bad, you know, how much it needs a new coat? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, can. if I had a couple couple different pictures um you know from a distance i can zoom in on it and check on it but yeah no i can tell if it okay. needs it or not is there any you don't have a limit because there's going to be like thousands of people that are going to listen to this here so uh, if i if i give them a shout out like say hey go ahead and send the photo to joe are you good with that oh absolutely just send it to joe at cofflerboats.com okay all right joe hey have a good uh, good day and uh, look uh, great to keep in touch with you thanks a lot dave appreciate it so there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 180. As we approach episode number 200 in the not-too-distant future, I'd love to hear if you have an idea for the celebration episode. You can send me a message, uh, direct email, or DM me on social. It'd be great to hear if you have any ideas. Uh, definitely, this is a big milestone. Essentially, this is uh, four years of podcasting weekly Uh, that we're celebrating so would love to hear if you have any ideas thanks again for stopping by today to check out the show wanted to thank you and uh and hope to see you maybe on the river or online thanks for listening to the wet fly swing fly fishing show for notes and links from this episode visit wetflyswing.com and if you found this episode helpful please subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts or the app of your choice thanks for joining us see you next time